Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome, my friends, to tonight's Relax, Let Go, Be With Charles show. Tonight we have a very serious awareness to bring into your life, into the life of parents and family members, of kids, teens, and young adults, really all of us. This is a show that I hope that many of you will share with your kids and your family as appropriate. Let's let the music play us in. Welcome to tonight's show, my friends, and tonight's show, we talked about it earlier, we were going to have it last Wednesday, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but we've been talking about this show, this is such an important show in so many ways for your kids, your teens, your young adults, and we're going to be sharing some stories tonight that for some, if you know, we'll give there's a we'll give a trigger warning for tonight's episode. We are going to be talking about abuse. We are going to be talking about manipulation of kids and young adults, and we're going to be sharing some things that might be disturbing for some. And even if you find some of it a little disturbing, we're, we're, please listen if you can. Now, if this is it's a trigger warning, if, you, if you've gone through some traumas and this might trigger some traumas or trigger some hurts that you're currently dealing with and this might be too much, that's understandable. If you're a parent or family member and you might, you're likely going to hear some things tonight that you had no idea about and it's, and it's seriously impacting our youth and for, it's, been, it's been around a long time. Children being caught up in scams or schemes or deceptions and used in different ways. And a couple of weeks ago on the, on the show we called The Child Within, where we talked about that inner child, I shared some of my past. I've talked about it before on the show. I think by sharing who we are and claiming ourselves, right? And I've talked to so many people that talk about the idea of, you know, why do we have to, you know, like you go through feeling like you caused this. Or it's your, your fault that something like this happened. Uh, along many of the scales we're going to talk about tonight. But people that are physically or mentally or sexually abused often end up in a frame uh, a mind, uh, a frame of mind where they think, you know, that they somehow brought it on or they somehow deserved it or what happened to them, which remarkably, <laughs> not really remarkably, but seemingly remarkably, so, you know, like when you go through something like that, it does change your life. It does change your perception of yourself. 
It changed your perception of yourself to your world, to your family, to your friends. And until or unless there are some interventions or some helps, and I feel lucky, and Adam, who's joining tonight, feels lucky because we've been able to have that help and have that healing. But until you do it or unless you do, the impact on your life, your relationships, from your, from your kids to your partners to your coworkers to the people that you share community and life with is affected. And often, excuse me, often, always there's everything that comes from being a victim of something, both personally as well as in your world, in your world, in your globe. Even the best of us that try not to have a thought or an idea, you know, like, you know, you don't want to treat anybody differently or how do, how do you react around something? What do you talk to them about? You know, when you know that somebody's gone through something, and we'll talk about that a little bit tonight, too. And before we go deep in to tonight, and I do, I just wanted to get that out there that, you know, there is a trigger warning. But if at all possible, listen and listen to this show, tonight's show with the kids in your family as age appropriate. And if you feel, feel like there's some things that get expressed that they might not be quite ready for, this show should help you to have a conversation and to work with your partner or your family members to say, let's have a conversation about this. A good way to do it can be able to get extended. If you're the type of family that gets together for things and you have people that come together for different gatherings or everybody gets together for dinner or once a week for this, this is a topic you want to have with every child in your life if you want to help honestly and truly prevent child abuse, prevent being manipulated and taken advantage of, and worse, made to judge themselves sometimes and way too often to the point of many of the kids that we're with some of the things we're going to talk about tonight, there have been many people who have committed suicide over these scams and these deceptions that are being perpetrated on not just our children and all of us, and we're going to talk about that too, but we're focusing on the kids today, but we're going to expand a conversation because it, it's, it's the biggest epidemic that we do have, bigger than anything else, because people from kids to seniors are being taken advantage of, scammed for money, scammed for dignity, used and manipulated in ways that can, that, can, that can include physical, mental, sexual, and human trafficking, my friends. And it's something that we might watch a show about or we see, you know, you, you hear about someone that's gone missing. And this has been an area that I have actually studied, in part because about the time I started going into the works that I do now, I became aware that there had been a summer camp run in my part of Michigan where I grew up, that this camp that was on island had kids from throughout this the state of Michigan that could come and be disadvantaged young boys, and you could go to this camp, and many were abused, some were killed. And I realized when I was watching this years ago that wait a minute, I grew up in Michigan. (laughs) I think I heard of this. And I reached out to some family members and found out that sure enough, 
they had heard about it. And because I was participating in the YMCA, you know, program for kids in, in, in the summers and all that sort of stuff, you know, the things they do with the swimming and the sports and whatever, um, that my mom had actually gotten an application for that camp and had filled it out. But then last minute thought, I don't know if I wanted to go to camp or not. And I realized, you know, things that, and if you follow the show, you know that there's things that happen in my own, my own life, but I realized just how close it would have come because as it would turn out, that entire camp was a scam for pedophiles. Hundreds of boys over a period of several years and no one thought anything about it. <laughs> and that was back in the 70s. And my friends, we've come a long way, baby, in a really bad way. And we're going to share some things tonight. And the things that we're sharing tonight aren't about creating fear, but they are about creating discernment. We don't want our child to fear that every person they run into or anyone that says hi is out to get them. That's not true. But what is true is age dependent. <laughs> and if you've got really young ones, they shouldn't be doing anything alone anyway. And we'll talk about that. But age dependent, if you get nothing else, from tonight's show. And I spent this last week in Covington with my daughter, and, and she's got a one-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, my grandbabies now, and she talked about how they're even doing some things and how, you know, being my child and the things that we talked about and everything that I did to be protective for her and help her understand what was happening for the, for the times, because the times for my daughter have changed. She just, she's in her 30s now. But even with all of that, she shared with me what she had shared before, that there was a scary time one time at a party with friends. Had it not been for one of her friend's brothers, kind of sensing something was wrong, something bad could have gone down. So sometimes the best of intentions and everything that you do and all the preparations you make, things can, bad things can happen. And if you have a good communication and a good exchange and you can talk to your kids, your teens, your young adults, your family members, openly about all of who you are and anything that they experience, and you make it clear to them, you can talk to me about anything. Are you getting bullied? If you're getting bullied at school, if someone's threatening you, if someone's, you know, causing you harm and saying, if you don't tell, if you, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit too, and you tell some bad things are going to happen, have conversations. Let them know that you love them. There's nothing they can do that can change that love. Now, obviously, there are things that they could do that, that, that you would know need some attention. Just like if a child is physically ill or mentally ill or, or challenged in some way, or you see your, your, your child, especially in these past few years, getting into a place of depression, withdrawing from everything that they love in their life, acting differently. And yes, there's teenage, the teenage years are the teenage years, but even throughout those teenage years, you have the possibility of having conversations, of showing love, of letting them know that if anything happens ever that makes them feel hurt, traumatized, taken advantage of, manipulated, humiliated, blackmailed, that you're there, you'll talk, and it's, it's, you want to help them in all the ways that you possibly can. And Adam, are you with me tonight? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> there, Adam. Yes. Adam's running the studio, getting ready to do some shows of his own. And Adam's been on the show in the past. And we're going to share some things. 
he's going to share we're going to share some some things in the beginning and then he's going to share some real deep experiences that he had that he's sharing in hopes of helping other people as well and talk about his upcoming art show that is to benefit the Jonas Project, that is to help those that have gone through or are going through human trafficking, which is a huge, huge thing in every area of the country, this one included, sadly. And again, educating ourselves, educating our kids, having some real conversations goes a long, long way to helping prevent this in many ways. Um, and Adam, uh, you did some research too. You have some friends and, and people in the community that you know that share things. I've had some people that share things. And we're going to share a few examples of some things that we know of firsthand and, and, and through friends and family members sharing. And they do connect all in, in one major way, almost, and we'll really hit on that. But before we dive deep in, I do want to acknowledge that we're back live tonight. We weren't live on uh, – we were live last Monday. We'd intended to be last Wednesday, and then you weren't feeling very well, Adam. Plus, a lot of things were happening to me. I was over in Covington. So we, we uploaded a past show, and we, then we did a – and that was the show with Tracy Arkindizi, and the, that was a beautiful show. Last Monday, we had a show all about animals and animal spirits. If you have an animal baby in your life and an animal spirit you're connected to, that shows for you. And then Friday, we, we uh, uploaded a show from last year in February where we did it with Elizabeth DeFreyas and her. She shared some beautiful music, and we talked about crossing that rainbow bridge, making the crossing, the transition, being with people when they are going through those last days or weeks of life, those last moments, and, and then connecting to those spirits and consciousness that we've been aware of. And then this past Monday, again, not fully intended, but it had been heavy on my mind and my meditations because we're bringing back some of our, our uh, archive shows. And I had really been impressed to bring back the show for, for Patricia Prairie um, and the Songs of the Arcturians, a beautiful show about light beings and messengers. And so if you haven't listened to this one, check it out. And then we had delayed. We were going to be live with this show last week, but here we are for multiple reasons. Adam wasn't feeling the best. And, and uh, I was, you know, with... With everything happening with the grandkids and the kids that were in a in short time together, I was like, you know what, I could spend some time with them. And, and so it all worked out. <laughs> but here we are. Um, and we will be live with you on uh, – we will be having both live and uploaded shows. So something to watch for now is we're going to be doing a lot of, lot of uh, studio-produced shows and studio-produced meditations, which is going to be awesome. And so we're going to be uploading those shows. And so – some will have new shows. Some will be uploaded. Some will be live. They will always be either uploaded or live at 7 o'clock on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays about love and inspiration. Wednesdays about awareness. Fridays, Friday night, spiritual night. And tonight, the awareness is to the things and the many different ways that things are sneaking in around our kids. And modern technology is a big piece of it. That is 2023. And... Many parents, and I even talked to my daughter and her husband, and they were talking about, for safety reasons and other reasons, that more than likely around first grade, the kids will get a phone so that they can call home, so that they can, there's certain things that now, now there's more and more reasons 
And I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember, you know, and then it was just a, a text and call phone. And that was a thing getting my, you know, giving my daughter her first cell phone, I think, was either in ninth or tenth grade. And even that was a thing that we thought about and talked about and really had some conversations about. And even then, some of the things on the Internet were starting to happen enough that you had to really police, you know, and and, and, and luckily for me, uh, my daughter liked playing her Sims and things like that that were mostly offline. But even some of that could be online and stuff could happen. But now we live in a time. Now we live in a time. And I see many parents do it. I'm not criticizing it. I don't know what I'd do if these types of phones were available now. I did tell her, you have to use things like the Internet controls. You do. You do. <laughs> if you value your children and who they're being exposed to, you do. Whether they get upset about it or not, you do. <laughs> and then when you've had these conversations where they're old enough for you to have some of the conversations we're going to have tonight and you can explore them and, and really have an exchange with them about talking and, and, and if you feel like you've gotten into trouble, reach out and you feel comfortable with that, then, then you can allow some more uh, access. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up and, and in ways that you could not imagine because the families that have been impacted on this, none of them thought it was coming. And I'll start off with one I'll share, and I know this firsthand from the people, and, I, and I, I even thought about having them on, but I don't want, we live in a smaller community, and I don't want anybody to ever to be able to pin on who's who to who's what. So I'm making it very generic, but everything I'm about to tell you happened. And it starts off, it starts our story. It starts our journey into how things can progress. And for this family, their 10, 11-year-old son, played some gaming rooms and things like that with other places where kids were and et cetera. Didn't think anything about it. And they also allow their kids, which allow, you know, and that's fine. You know, everyone ordered stuff, you know, online and, you know, with permission and with their allowances or whatever. And the kids, because they can make their allowance go forward, we go to some of the web websites that, that had, uh, you know, uh, like wish.com, I'm not getting paid by them, but I know that's when a lot of people, you know, a lot of the things where you can buy stuff for like 99 cents or a dollar, a few dollars, and you have to wait a few weeks for it to get shipped. And so they were, the kids got packages from time to time, no big thoughts, no big worries about it. Um, and this particular uh, son was, uh, boy, he was really excited packages. So he would like, he'd be the one, I want to go get it. I want to go get it and bring back what we got. You know, great. You know, kids interested in the mail. They're picking up the mail. No big deal. Until they find out that in his room, and it was a, in one of the packages he got, they thought, wait, that's an Amazon box. And that looks like something. And he ended up getting a really nice iPad and a small computer. That he didn't get from Wish.com for his allowance. And then that began a conversation where they would discover that for several months, their son had been sharing pictures of himself and parts of himself in exchange for some of these things that he had been getting in the mail and it had progressed from different things. 
he didn't realize. They know me and they know what I do. And I said, how is he? Is he? He, he didn't even realize that anything was wrong. He was mad that it got stopped. His exact words were, why do I care if someone wants a picture of my bits and they want to send me an iPad? Fine. And that's, that's part of what we're going to talk about tonight. See, if you don't have the discussion, if you don't have the wherewithal, now he will get older. And as he understands more things, and now this has been, that, that was actually a couple of years ago. So now he's a little bit older. He realizes, and there's some embarrassment about it. He knows, you know, that at least some family knows. We don't discuss it in any way. But, but and there's going to, you know, in his case, it stopped early. This would have very quickly led to as many examples that we've Adam and I have both heard and know as well. That's a, that's a stepping stone. The next thing is now get some of your friends involved in this too. Now, you know what? You're having a hard time with your parents. They're not understanding you. You know what? That's sad. I wish you were with me. I'd take care of you. I'd give you all these things that you want. Why don't I just come get you? And that's not a fantasy or a fiction that happens every day throughout the United States and throughout the world. This isn't just a, you know, I'm talking to you from the United States. We have listeners from all over the world. And I am aware by working with different groups and organizations over, over my lifetime that this problem is all over the world. <laughs> and they ended up finding out that their son was actually talking to a, if that person was real, as the police pointed out, but it would seem, though, that they were talking to a 55-year-old man in Pennsylvania. I was shocked, but not really when I thought about it and thought about where technology is. And it turns out that how he met this person was sure, sure, sure enough in one of the game rooms with him initially, initially being a 13-year-old boy who had played the games too, who loved this game, who had secrets for how to play this game or, you know, did you know if you go into this room and you wave this wand and you attack with the ice of fire, but you get an extra treasure chest turned into sitting, but turned into, and that's what the, he ended up understanding too, turned him in, turned the child into a child pornographer. And that's just one. Then there's the scam that's being run on girls and boys, and it started off being mostly on girls, and it's like everything, it became equal opportunity manipulation. Where on different social medias, now the individuals are presenting themselves as a boy or girl your age, maybe a little older, maybe a college dude in your sophomore in high school, a college gal, with the cheerleader on the high on the college football team, and you're just the hottest boy they've ever seen in their life. They just love everything that you posted, and they love when you're their song that you put up that you played with your guitar. And they saw that you shared that you uh, that you really love the Red Robin. They love Red Robin too. Oh my gosh, that's their favorite play. And you're pretty cute. And will you send me a few pictures? And I'll send you some pictures. And then the scam goes one of two ways. Or both. One is that now you're going to now I've got these pictures of you. 
If you don't do what I say, I'm going to send this picture to everyone you know. I have access to your entire Gmail, your entire email, whatever it is. I'm going to send these to everybody you know. You're going to be embarrassed. Your grandparents, your parents, your brothers, your sister, your friends at school, everyone at school. I'm going to post this on Instagram in such a way that everybody in school will see you if you don't do what I'm going to tell you to do. And sometimes that leads to more pictures or taking pictures or videos with yourself and your boyfriend, girlfriend, friends in different ways and or money. You don't pay me this money, then this is going to happen. And there are many cases where in variety of ways, depending on the kid and their access to money and access to grandparents, parents, aunts and uncles, credit cards and whatever, the thousands of dollars have been paid. More importantly, many of the kids are harming themselves or killing themselves, feeling like there's no way out. They can't afford to pay 500 bucks. This is going to destroy them or any chance of going to college. That one used a lot too. Or you're just a 14-year-old boy or girl who doesn't, Relish the idea of grandpa and grandma and brothers and sisters and every kid in school getting your picture. Now, what they probably don't realize, actually probably they don't realize, is that it's unlikely the person's going to follow through. That's just going to expose them even more. However, in reality, they have. And they've bullied and they've shared pictures and they've done things to cause permanent trauma and harm. But most tragically are the deaths that happen. And I, I recently saw a program that was speaking about this very scam with the, with the taking the pictures and then blackmailing for money. And, and I thought, wow, that's unusual. And I started talking to friends and family about coming into this show. And I'm sorry, we're glad we got another week, too. I heard so many more stories of very similar or, or a different take on the same thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. We really got to talk about this. And so, and, and on this on this program, the grandmother was saying, "What my grandson doesn't realize: her 17-year-old grandson killed himself over one of these scams because he ran out of money." And she said, "What my grandson didn't realize is I would much rather have seen a picture and get that blacked, you know, he deleted it, and then hoped and talked to him and hoped that he learned a lesson than I would be attending his funeral." So when we think that some of these conversations are hard to have, and gosh, Charles, I don't know how I would approach this with my kids. I don't know if I'd want them to hear about this. You want them to hear about this from you, not from the person perpetrating it on them. And Adam, you had some as well. Because this can be played a few different ways. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, well, I mean, for me, like my experience, um, kind of started on the internet as well. Um, I was homeless at the time and, uh, well, I was about to be homeless very soon, and so I was posting ads on uh, the internet trying to find housing, and then uh, 
this guy replied and called me immediately. And um, he had groomed me on the phone and then lured me somewhere away from home. Um, And he held me captive and... uh, we're going to go into the, some of the captivity, some tonight and then a lot uh, within two weeks. We'll let everybody know on the 29th when we talk a lot about human trafficking. But back up right. for a moment so people understand. So he started online. So to the, to the degree that you're comfortable sharing, uh, and, how, and, and how were you when this was happening? You, you were a later um, teen, right? Uh, I was 19 at the time. Um, maybe even 18, because uh, it was Sorry. around my, it was around my birthday. And so you started off online with was it a group that you were part of? Was it just? Oh no, you said you okay. So you said you posted. I'm looking for a place. You know. Yeah. So I'm guessing you probably wanted to move out on your own, or were yes. you going through other things in your own life at that time? Yes, um, I, w- I was abused at home, and I uh, wanted to get away from my family. So um, basically, I I moved uh, in with this guy after he had lured me and uh, groomed me. And he he seemed legit at the time because I thought that, like, he had a business card, you know, and so, like... I thought that that meant like he was safe to go with uh because being a kid you know you don't you don't think about those things and um and I had no idea what was going to happen honestly like so I had, had a- some in- I had some initial red flags at the time that kind of were like oh this doesn't seem right but I ignored those feelings and I went with them anyway because the objective was, so he had a business card, so he was basically saying, hey, I've got this business, I can give you a place to live, I can maybe even get have you work for me or something. Was it, was it that kind of a thing? Was he offering it was, like, or, or, it or was just, hey, I'm a businessman, I'm successful, I'll, right. I, I've been a kid, I'll help you out, you know? Yeah, he, he claimed that he wanted uh, to take me in to have a safe place to go. Um, and, uh, he actually, um, like it was several different encounters. So like at first it was like he was grooming me on the phone and then he actually lured me away from my house, uh, and took me, um, to his house to, or his house, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, uh, held me there captive and he was like threatening my family and, uh, threatening to kill and hurt people that I loved if I tried to escape or if I didn't do what he said. Um, and, it's, and pause for a moment, just for a moment, cause I want you to really, right. I know this is top two take a moment right. relax for a moment and <laughs> and thank you for sharing but so when you said he groomed you on the phone so he spent hours on uh, with on the phone with you talking to with you commiserating having empathy, what seemed to be empathy for what you were going through right and 
I absolutely at the time thought it was empathy because, uh, but it was really more like he was getting more information out of me to use against me uh, in the long run. Because he, he wanted to know exactly what my home situation was, why I needed housing, and uh, he had solutions for all of those things because he um, said, well, if you come with me, uh, you'll be safe and uh, nothing bad will happen to you. And that oh just turned out, turned out not oh to be no. true at all. And sadly... And I, I thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry. And I know that you've worked through things. And I know sometimes saying you're sorry, you know, but I mean, I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. And especially when you were trying to break away from some things that, and get in a better place. And then someone says, hey, hey, here's a better place. And there, there's a real conversation moment here, folks. And that is, we all know. If we have our kids, you know, and I've seen it in families, I've, I've, I've been blessed to be part of multiple families in the area that I live in and be welcome to be there and help in different situations. And I know that there are many times that we feel like our kids are getting away from us. So they're making some choices that are challenging and, and even some choices that we see that are, you know, like we're, if you fear that they've really, you know, like they're they're getting involved in some drugs or they're getting involved in alcohol and, and too early and too often. And that's the thing, friends, you know, a lot of times people are like, Oh, yuck it up. They're just having a few drinks, you know, and then, you know, you don't know that your 14 year old is an alcoholic that happens, but that's a different show. What we're talking about tonight is when you, when you're having those difficulties, when they're being the teenager, any gender or gender neutral, any, any, any way that they are, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're a boy or a girl or trans or gender neutral. Any teenager goes through these times and they, they're really becoming that independent person. And especially when you mix in some mental illness or some challenges in some way, physically or mentally. And, and, and Adam, you've shown this on the show being autistic and there were different things that that challenged you with in different ways, and especially socially, which in a sense, knowing you and knowing that, that part and how it plays out for you, that would even make you more. And, and that not, this is nothing wrong with you. This is the other person knowing and getting this information out of you that, that you, that they would have to really present in a certain way for a little bit for you to feel secure and for you to feel com- like the comfort and empathy there. And unfortunately, these people on the other side that are playing these things out are really good at what they're doing. And they often know, and Adam and I have shared, and I've shared it with other people who've suffered abuse as well, that it's like you feel like you're you're marked in some way. Because one needs to, it's like they see you coming. (laughs) And they do in a sense, because until you're healed, and even then, who knows, they've made it, that's what they're about. So they they make it known, and then for a lot of us, if you're going through healing and you're going through becoming whole and you're owning your story, you are sharing it. <laughs> so there's a, that, that piece too. But but they 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 can tell that they have an end. So this this perpetrator knew that you were coming from a situation where some abuse was happening, and thought, all right, already conditioned, already in a certain mindset that book that I can approach in a certain way and 
and create something. And then you said something so important. And it gets, I've, I, I know it, the universe rained it on me when I was talking to friends and family. The number of people that are told that if you say anything about physical abuse, sexual abuse, this type of what leads to sexual trafficking, captivity, it's not that I'll hurt you. More than half, I'm not going to quote a percentage. Many of the people that have gone through this type of hurt in their life have shared with me that there was a time they'd willingly give up their own life to make it stop. However, it wasn't them that was threatened. It's their parents, their siblings, their grandparents. One, one shared with me, and she was in captivity for almost a year. She actually had a small child. But she lived in an area where, there, you know, this person was like, you're, you know, there won't be a living member of your family. Well, my gosh, that kind of threat. It's, that's when I, when I talk about so much on the show about experience, right? What you've experienced changes you. And for many of us, we can look at the people that go through some of these things and think, well, like you said, you know, you had a few red flags, but then, then those red flags were overcome. And and we think, well, I wouldn't do that, wouldn't you? If you found yourself in a captive situation and a captor, someone who has worked you and used you and emotionally manipulated you and now has you captive, tells you, if you do this, this, or this, I'm doing this to these people, this person's already proven they'll do bad things. And they may honestly, I would... I would Guess, but not want to say, given 2023 and the world we live in, that, that most of them would never do that. They don't have to. They just have to make you believe they would. And I have heard that one used so many times. So many clients, family members, friends over the years who have been hurt. And notice how I say hurt and not victim because we got to let that go. Right. We're beautiful, wonderful, balanced human beings, and we experience something that we didn't choose to experience. We were hurt, and then we were healed, and then we become whole, and then we help heal others. But in their minds, they can use it, and that's why people end up feeling responsible. Like, well, I went along with it. Well, I should have probably done this or that. Well, of course you did. Once the mindset was set, and you were threatened, and oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. I can't imagine. That was, you know, my experience was different, but it wasn't that. And I have a lot of people that will say, and someone – my own partner and another friend mentioned a few shows ago when I shared about me a couple times, I said, and a lot of people have suffered abuse worse than mine. They're like, it sounds like you're selling that short. No, if you were abused, you're abused. The things I went through, I went through. However, when I hear different things, I also know that there's, there's abuse can go much deeper abuse, but, but that, but any abuse that's inappropriate, that's physical, mental, sexual, that hurts you is a hurt and it's real. So when I do say that, when I say that, you know, I'm saying that I haven't suffered to the point that you suffered, Adam, as being held captive. And right. and, and and more of that we're, we're going to dive into in a couple of weeks when we talk about the Jonas Project as well. But even with that said, share a little bit about what that really meant. Like you were 
once you got to his house and he just like did you visit the house a couple times before the time happened that you couldn't leave or was it no, the first time it was the first time uh he drove me in his car to his house and uh when i got there he locked me in a bedroom uh and the, the locks were on the outside of the door um right and so, like, I I was only allowed to eat food w- with permission, and he had threatened my family <clears throat> and actually stalked my mom at her work, uh, trying to find me when I had escaped. Um, oh, my and, gosh. Uh, and he had threatened me if I didn't do certain things, uh, like uh, lure other people there that he was going to kill uh, my whole family. And you, and we'll, like I said, some details we'll go well more into, but in truth, you were partially lured yourself from a friend that had been your friend since fifth grade, right? Yes. So a friend since fifth grade, who you later found out had, herself been involved in sex trafficking and selling herself for sex as a minor. Yes. Uh, you did not know that at the time, but you later found that out. No. And then, and, but she, she was also hurt by what was happening and she was also captive and she was used as a way to lure you in and make you feel like maybe this situation was okay. Well, <clears throat> and part of that is like uh he had threatened my family uh to the point where he was like if if she doesn't come with you then your your family's dead kind of thing so it was like so um, he made that part of it for both of you like you're both coming yes, with we, me or these things we, are going to happen right to both our families and um he had mirrored our phones like he was really good with technology and he had mirrored our phones. So anytime we had any phone calls or texts, he was able to see those and then he would take away our phones. Um, and when you were held captive and put in the room, I'm assuming you didn't have your phone. Uh, well, okay. I, I had an iPod, an iPod touch, and uh, I hid it from him. Uh, but he, part of the reason why I went with him in the first place was he was like, oh, yeah, I'll buy you an iPhone. Well, I'll buy you guys a car, uh, you know, things like that, like luring us in, um, promising all these big things for us because, you know, we had no home. So, uh, like, it was just like a really bad situation. And so... Yeah, he had our phones mirrored, and everything that went on his, our phones would go to his phone. And he gave us iPhones like he promised, but they were mirrored to his phone. So anything we did on those phones, he had copies of everything. Like if I wanted to call my mo- yeah, like if I wanted he to could- call my mom, I couldn't call my mom because he would see it, and then I'd be punished for it understood and it, and for people that don't understand but you've kind of described a little bit the mirror means that basically 
he could, like you said, he can see anything. You try to call, you text someone, you go on social media, all of that. He's in real time. He's seeing what you're doing. Yes, and he would double check on us, and that was his security measures to make sure we didn't escape. Um, but we actually wound up escaping later on after being held captive for a few months. Um, I we had escaped to a hotel. Um, where we uh, like stayed for a little while and uh, we literally had to run for our lives it was so it was very traumatic because he was he had that look in his eye like he was driving us to our deaths and we got out at the gas station and while he was pumping gas uh, my friend told uh, this guy to um, distract him for a minute, and he did, uh, and we ran. We just took all the things we had on us, and we ran. So what happened is he was he had just he was taking you somewhere. Yeah, you've been in the home for a few months, and you had spent many of those months locked in a room without clothes, being fed. At, dis- at his discretion, or as you shared with me, and it, it also like sometimes your friend would sneak you food when he wasn't around, when you had, right. had to go a few days without food because you were you were refusing to be good, quote unquote, and so we're being punished. And then the right. day came that he puts you guys in the car, and he and he says we're going to go somewhere or whatever. Like like there's a reason. And then and as you've talked about it, then then you know like in quiet a conversation happened that hey something bad like you you felt and your friend felt this is bad yeah like he, and like, uh, he, like he, he felt he, he had, could be taking us to kill us yeah and he had a look in his eye like like he was going to kill us and so we just we ran and escaped that and um it it was just it was the scariest most adrenaline rush uh, in my life, probably. Well, I know, and, and, and just and knowing that you had to run, and were you? I mean, obviously, we're in the car. Were you clothed when you were in the car? Yes. Imagine to a um, point, right? Because you, he had you in the car, so people could see us, so he couldn't. Yeah. Right. But uh, when we were actually in the house, we um, were forced to sleep on a crib mattress, the both of us, and uh, naked for three three months. Uh, And it was right when I was in high school still trying to graduate uh, from high school. And my teacher didn't know where I was. My parents didn't know where I was. Um. I wasn't allowed to contact anybody, so nobody knew where I was, and they didn't know why I was missing so much school. Um, right. And uh, so when people started asking questions, like on my iPod, uh, where I was and stuff, I was only allowed to tell them bits and pieces of it. I wasn't allowed to tell them the whole story. Uh, because right. he could read, he could read all those messages. So I just said, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm staying uh, at this place." But really, that's, that's not what was going on. Right. And right. with some of this, he fed you like, "Can you tell everyone you're okay?" And 
say this and yeah yes absolutely and it was uh it was geared towards like him just keeping us there captive and um and i wasn't i didn't have contact with my family for like a year because of all the running from him and stuff like that um like uh, there were bits and pieces of time where I had contact with my mom, uh, and I would call her and ask her um, if she could, like, send me money so that I could stay at the hotel. Um, but uh, other than, like, little time frames when I had a phone that that wasn't mirrored, um, it was mostly just like everything he knew about and he even found out where my mom had worked and where my dad worked and was hanging out outside the building threatening them looking for me when I oh ran. My God. So he so so he threatened them or did he tell you did it, did he actually threaten them? Yeah, he actually threatened them. He said that if Oh my god. Uh, that he needed to find us immediately or uh, you know, yeah. And you, of course, are trying. You're purposely staying away from your family at this point, not because of right. what, you know some things that you had gone through, but 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 now you think if I if I get in contact with him, if if I if I he's going to kill him and he finds it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. And and how long before you were able to actually? You know, how long before you were actually able to tell some of your family, hey, here's what actually happened? I didn't tell them till like, years later, I would say, because... Yeah. Um, because and that happens it, a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, just because of the gravity of what had happened to me, um, like, we basically were... Um, like held there as uh sex slaves kind of thing. Right. And so right. uh so uh basically I didn't feel safe telling my family what had happened because I uh was worried he was going to kill him because he had brought out a gun at one point and he had threatened me with it and said that that's what's going to happen to my family if I talk. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's, I wish I could say, wow, Adam, I never heard that. And I'm not discounting, you know, your experience because that's horrific. But unfortunately, that particular threat, which is, I imagine, a good one for just about any teen or young adult, it seems to be, probably, seems to be one that's used. I mean, when when I yes. was a kid and things happened to me when I was in kindergarten with the older boy, what he had told me, but I'm a kindergartner, so I don't know anything. And he tells me if, if the adults find out about this, about what he was doing in the game, quote unquote, that we were playing, that we would both go to this prison where they keep you naked all day and you're always tied up and they beat you and they spank you and they break your toes. I mean, I'm just like, and you'll never see your parents again. You'll be gone forever. You know, and it's just like, and I finally, years later, many years later, talked to my mom and told her about it. One of the first things she said is, I knew it. I knew it. And we had to worry, but we, we tried to talk to you. 
My dad, who was a police officer at the time, tried to talk to me, and that was not going to happen because, uh, you know, I don't go to the jail. My dad must know about this jail, right? Um, and so and they tried, and I was mum's the word. No, 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 no. Not even, you're not going to. I don't want to be taken away. I don't want to be I forever beaten and tortured every day. It doesn't sound like fun to me, you know? And, and again, it's easy now as a 58-year-old man to look at that and go, well, that was crazy. Kindergartner doesn't know that, you know, and so, and, and I just, and, and, and people leading up to this show, person after person, some I knew that they had suffered some things in their childhood or, and, and, and either through a teacher, a coach, someone at the church, uh, a friend of the family, a family member. And, and the things that they would, the ways that they would be made to feel like if this ever gets out, you're the bad person. And then there's the other side of it. The other side of it is I think we've come a long way as society, but the other side of it is that for some people, if you did say this happened, people would look at you a little bit differently. You know, not everyone and people would work on it, but you knew, you knew if you were, you know, one of my, one of my real close friends shared, you know, being used by a step parent who was in the military where he would rent her out to other people that he worked with in the military. And within a short period of time, when she started hearing about, like when the thing first started, she didn't even know what sex was. Then when she started figuring out and then she got a little older and realized what had happened to her and what happened, she also realized that by a lot of people's definition, you know, she was the bad person. If they knew that she had, and she told me, she goes, I remember crying and sobbing. She goes, two different people asked me to marry me and marry them. And I said, no, because I feared that if they ever found out that, that I'd been with these other men, that they just never want anything to do with me. And, and, and that you hear that and your heart breaks because you realize this was a child who was abused, who now as a teenager, young teenager, and then young adult feels like I'm bad goods. No one's going to want me now if they knew this happened or that happened. And, and that is something for those of us who haven't suffered or, or haven't had the depth of suffering that people around us have to to bring our hearts and our compassion, not just for those people, but to the people around that, you know, the shaming of people that are hurt and the victimizing, I'll use the word once, I guess, you know, turning them into victims and making it that victims are all of these things. <laughs> hurt people are all of these things. And many people, many things can hurt people. But you know what prevents hurts and what prevents trauma and what prevents things reaching some of these levels? is communication and awareness. Now, knowing what you do, it would not be so, you know, and I know you've gone through a lot of healing as as well, Adam, but knowing what you do, of course you react differently. I would react differently now as a 58-year-old man than I did as a five, six-year-old boy. Totally differently if someone approached me in that way. (laughs) So this, you know, but... But that's, we don't all have to experience everything to learn from it. And what you do have to have is real conversations because what these perpetrators have, my friends, all those listening out there, is ignorance. 
And I'm not saying that in a disparaging way, in a real way, is ignorance. If they know that you can tell, say these things and, the, and that you are going to accept it because you don't know any better and you feel like this is, you're the only person in the world this is happening to, it makes a real big difference in how it plays out. And then, and Adam, we're going to, and, and I am, I can't thank you enough for your bravery, your candid sharing of your experience. And I know you do it in the same thing that you're doing with the Jonas Project, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes too coming up. You, you do it be, because you want to help those that have gone through it. You feel lucky, just like me, and I've heard you say it too, like, you know, could have been far worse. Could have been the, you were captain yes. for three months or four, you know, like, it's true it wasn't, you know, 10 years. Um, it's still amazing, horribly terrific and, and, and changes you. And, and the fact that you have done the healing and you've done the, the and are ongoing in your work to become a, a healer and a practitioner where you can reach out and help others. And then yes. your art for you, and we'll share that in a minute too, but your art became part of your healing. And, uh, and so you're sharing that. Before we get there, let's talk again. We've got one or two other things and you, the examples that we want to share that we feel you listening out there need to hear about and know that are going down. Um, and you have one that was shared by someone you know, and we'll leave it at that. Someone you know, a, a, a friend of yours. Um, yes. And they, and they were, and this is how it starts to hit at all different ages, they were in young 20s. Yes, right. uh, he he was in his uh, early twenties, and uh, he had uh, met a girl, or, or what he had thought was a girl on the internet, and uh, then uh, this man. And, and in the beginning, yeah, right. I just went back up for a second. So in the beginning, thinking that this was an eighteen plus girl that he was chatting with, potential girlfriend maybe. And then, go ahead, and then what happened? And then he was contacted by a man who said he was the father of the girl and said that she was underage, and if he didn't pay him money, that he would uh, go to the police and turn him in for uh, sending pictures to this girl who was supposedly underage. Um, but the girl actually never really existed. It was just this guy that exactly. was scamming it was a scam. him. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, he had already paid him $3,000 or so uh, by oh the point gosh. that he that he told anyone. Wow. And again, that's the thing. that, that Many of these people on the other end, not many, all of the perpetrators, they're not who they say they are. And they right. try to – and I've heard this when – when and when you, we were sharing this and we were talking about before the show tonight, you mentioned this. I was like, oh my gosh, because I have heard of similar stories. I have known people that have either attempted to or been scammed in a very uh, the same way. You know what I mean? Um, right. Whereas, like, oh, you know, you know, just to let you know, I'm not really, you know, this, and now you've sent this picture, and so they use it one of two ways. They use it in, you're going to make more pictures of yourself for me. Or and or both, and you're going to give me money, and and in some cases, 
this is getting kids, and I and this is local as well as uh, worldwide, where kids are then encouraged and think that they have to make child pornography. Like the, you know, one one of my clients, and then it turned out because, and part of that was because some of the mothers of the same girls that were involved started bringing all of their daughters to me for some work, but finding out about this house where the girls could go, you know, and same thing. You're having problems with family. You're, you're having arguments or something going on. People aren't getting along. Mom, mom's being a bitch to you, and, you know, no one's letting you be who you want to be and appreciating all the awesome. And then whatever it was, boy, you have a great talent. Boy, you're super sexy. Boy, the way you play the flute was literally one of them. Like this guy scoped out bands. And would be like, you're the best flute player I've ever heard. I'm getting ready to put an album together. That's how that's how they started. I'm getting ready to put it. You would be best. You sing too. I bet you do. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, come live at this house. That way we can all work together. And you know what? You want some drugs or a little bit of alcohol? You know what? That's part of the scene. You should be able to do whatever you want. Of course, they've laced it with the things they want to lace it with. And then they this led very quickly to... These girls being on camera in, in multiple rooms, they couldn't shower, bathroom, everywhere they went. At first, it was hidden, and then at certain times, after a certain point, to, to, it horrified them that they were set down and shown, guess what? See this? There's people watching it all over. You're done. We own you. You can right. either get and paid for this and be a star, or you can decide you're out. And then, again, they came with different threats of harm and different things. But also, you know, your 14-year-old girl has just discovered that the last week of your life, including your most intimate moments, have been recorded. And, of course, now you're willing to take the next step. You'd be horrified if someone found out about that. Unless, unless you understood about these types of things before that ever happened. And when that person came to you in that way, you would have said, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy my flute playing. I'm 15 years old. My mom and dad take care of these types of things for me. Sure, I'll take your card and I'll have my dad call you and we'll set up meeting you at your studio or talking about it. Have that conversation. Or take the chance that somebody who's well-versed in what they're doing is going to take advantage. And it's, you know... uh, the recent one I had shared too is I had a friend reach out to me from Oregon. He reached out over social media. He said, Hey Charles, I know that you live in this area. A friend of mine's gotten a hold of me. His seventeen year old daughter, he discovered, has been talking to this guy and they knew she was talking to someone who was kind of like he was in senior in high school and then he was starting off in college and supposedly he went to college and like uh like we have four colleges here, so I won't say which one, but suppose because I wanted, it's not the college's fault and he probably never went there. But he claimed to have been going to one of the colleges that were here in town and had been talking to this girl since she was 15. She's now 17. And you know what? And now he's got some money and his family has money. And you know what? She could just finish high school up here with him and they're still in love with each other and all these things. And... And then so that when the parents found out about this, they were like, hey, you know what? He needs to come here and visit. He needs to do that. You know, like you, we need to, you know, there's not going to be any, you going there. He needs to come here and visit. We need to know. Well, the next thing you know, she's gone. And they knew she was headed up here, 17 years old, to join 
this guy in his 20s who was supposedly going to college. However, and they started to investigate, no surprise, this guy wasn't going to college and he was in his late 30s. And they were asking me for some of the local numbers, like, you know, how do we get a hold of the county sheriff? Where do we call for this? So I gave them a series of numbers. Call this, call this, call this, call this. And I said, and hurry, and hurry. Because here in our area, in our little area, and I found that out when I was president of the Business Alliance and on the board, and we had a lot of uh, business lunches where we had different departments in different parts of the city and county come and talk to us. And one of the times it was the Department of Health Family Services that was talking about human trafficking. And then we started having them come like once a year and upgrades. And then and, and recent statistics for our county of about 500,000, 600,000 people, because apparently we can be some sort of a secret hub where they can get people here and then get them on a train or get them on a bus and get them to other places and, and be undercover. Over 5,000 5, cases of human and sexual trafficking, 5,000, and that was in a year. And I worked for a while at, at years back when I was going through school and when, at, later when I did some business contracts, I worked for a popular entertainment center here in town with, and I had a lot of girls of different ages, most of them 18 and above, occasionally some younger ones, high school kids getting their first job. And we watched firsthand and this was back uh, almost 15, 20 years ago, we watched firsthand as a group, international group of these really, you know, hot looking, tweakish, band boy type of looking dudes that all the girls and some of the boys are going to swoon over. They, and we found out, I found out through some of my waitresses who were under 21 that they were going to these parties and they were being offered these deals to you're a model, you're sexy, you'd be great. You know what? You make a hundred thousand a year. You can, you just need to come with us. And they were literally getting some of them to go overseas to multiple different countries. And what happened in one case is one went over and was able to get back. And then we, and, and it took almost six months with everything to get her back. And of course the modeling was not what was happening. And once in it was hard to get out. These things are real. And the, the best thing you can do, those of you listening, is have this conversation. If the way the perpetrators win is because they have these games that they play. If you say anything, I'm going to send your pictures to everybody. So you have this conversation with your teenagers and young adults. First off, don't send pictures. You know, Be very careful. Know that the other person's not who they say they are. And a few safeguards. If your parents, you should be, if your kids, and we're talking kids, you know, pubescent, you know, under teen, if they're doing anything online or on the computer and they're under 12 years old, my gosh, you should be in the room with them. They should not be doing that when you're not in the room with them unless they're on a device that you do have control in a parental way. And just like Adam was saying, in a, in a, many of the carriers have things where you can block certain sites or you can check on certain things to make sure things aren't happening and you let them know you know certain things aren't for you and you get teenagers it's okay to have a cutoff time for more than you know, they'll hate you and they'll hate me but it's you'll it's better for their sleep for everything to go you know what stuff's going off at this time and also to have 
some monitoring capability. You're not going to read every text. You're not going to do this. But there are softwares and parental controls that can tell you if keywords or key things are said. And if they're teenagers and you're going to let them have access, you need to have this talk. You need to play this show for them or, or use this show and do your own research and bring some things and have these conversations that there are perpetrators out there that are coming at you and they're going to, they're going to be the sexiest boy or girl that you ever saw or they're going to love everything about you and then they're going to take you down a path and red flags will come like you shared Adam there were some red flags there were some moments when you're like I don't know about this but they're good and they and they cover it they go oh but this and this and this and you're like oh all right yeah that makes sense okay but if you have these conversations and they know and you say if you get involved and this thing happens don't be embarrassed the types of things we've talked about today have happened to many people. There's a the Netflix series right now that's about a very talented and very loving human being of a, a college senior from uh, a college football player from Notre Dame that got take that got used by someone for over two and a half years and never realized it. So, and that's the thing you think, well, I was dumb, well, I was stupid, well, I should have known better. No, none of those things apply. None of those things apply. Not if you were not made aware. Now, if you know this and you know these scams are going on and someone tries to pull one on you and you go along with it, I guess that's a different scenario. But you don't know about this unless it's shared with you. You don't know about this unless there's discussions that, hey, son, hey, daughter, look, I know you're private. I know you have things going on. But when you, you know, I, and I know you have this technology. I won't say who because I don't want to embarrass her, but a, a family member recently shared that has some younger children that when they get older, she'd literally say, you know, if you're going to do something like that, don't put your face in the picture. Don't put a, like, if you've got a birth mark or this or that, don't, you know, don't do it. But if you do do it because you think you're, you know, and, 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 then if, and then if you do and somehow get involved, make it be someone you actually know, but then know you're never in charge of it. Make sure they realize that even if you know the person, even if you're going to school and and the cute boys into you, the cute girls into you, and they hey, you know, some night send me this or send me that, and you send it. The minute you send it, it's no longer yours. It could go to anybody, anytime. We'll see this picture. Period. You have to have that thought. You have no control over it. No control. <laughs> and so it is something to seriously think about. Even though we're being honest about it and we're and we're pointing the facts things I've looked at and getting ready for this show is that now there's high schools and, and school districts that have done some things where they monitor some stuff. And there's a lot of questions about that as far as privacy, et cetera. But guess what they found in some high schools, 70 to 80% of the kids had sent at least one picture that would be deemed inappropriate or possibly child pornography. And the problem is by definition, it makes them all guilty of that. So, so when we think, oh, well, it's probably only a few kids, apparently it's a lot of kids. You think about it for yourself, moms and dads, grandpas and grandmas. If you can imagine, if you were in school and you had this technology like we have today, I mean, we used to have to, like, sneak into mom and dad's room and, and get into the suitcase under the bed that had a magazine in it <laughs> and then sneak it out and share it with friends. That That is not the world your children and grandchildren live in today. I, I had a friend of mine recently that shared that she, at the time, he's older now, that at the time her son and a, a friend were having a sleepover and they have friends that get together and they'll, you know, watch the movies and the kids do some stuff and they, 
they're all responsible, so no one drinks and drives, and then the kids get the night there, and they all just crash on the plug couch, whatever. She's walking past the bedroom, and here's at the time an eight- and nine-year-old going, say that she has sex with this, you know what I mean? And using the Alexa on the, on the iPad or the Siri to basically say what kind of sexual thing they wanted to see coming up with the words that they knew folks, you've got this technology, they're in a different place. And so the, the only solution is having a conversation and sitting the family down and talking with the kids. And, and if you can't sit down and have that conversation, they shouldn't have this technology in their hands. Because then you're giving them a gun with one bullet in it and saying, play some Russian roulette. I have faith you'll be okay. And I know that sounds dramatic, but that's real. Kids are killing themselves. Kids are hurting themselves. Kids are going into drugs or alcohol or prostitution because they think they don't have any other choice because they are threatened in such a way that makes them fear for themselves or their families. If you have these discussions with them, they will not be as, it won't be as likely and it will be a lot less likely that more serious things happen. And it will be also more likely by having these types of conversations with your kids and your family members that when something a little fishy is happening, they'll feel comfortable enough to come to you and say, hey, dad, I'm talking to this guy. And at first I thought he was like in ninth grade, just like me. And then all of a sudden he's he's admitting that he's really a 22-year-old high school college girl and he wants me to send some pictures and I feel weird about it. And that can be a hard conversation or not hard, you know, depending on your parenting skills, I guess. Like, I really have worked with the not just my daughter, but the family members. I know you can come to me with anything. You can share anything. Nothing you share with me is going to make me think anything less of you. And the more that you share with me, the more that I can help you and, and, and bring some, maybe some wisdom that you don't know about into the situation. And when my daughter and her boyfriend at the time were first, you know, things were advancing to that place, you know, his parents got a hold of me and, and we had a sit down with the kids. Actually, I was the one elected to do the sit down. <laughs> but anyway, I sit down with the kids where I said, what are you going to do if this happens and this happens and this happens? And are you responsible enough for this and this? And when you can answer those questions, we'll go to the next level. And about a week later, they sat down with me. They had answered my questions. And then we set some parameters. So there's ways to have communication, and I know for a lot of parents, and we're going to do some shows in the future. We've been talking about that. That are I did it in the past. I've done workshops where I talk about you know how to talk to kids about some of the difficult subjects, and not just in a you know here's a pamphlet, go read this, or you know watch this, watch this without me in the room. You know, like no, if you want to have that kind of relationship where they can share anything that's happening in their lives that they're struggling with or that they just want to know a little bit more about or they want to understand, then you've got to have these conversations with them where you let them know, hey, scary things are happening. I know you have this technology. I know that you think that, you know, you know your friends and you know what's happening and you're cool with everything, but these people playing on the other side, they're smart. They're, they're, they're slick. And they're going to use everything they can. And the, the, the one thing they've got is 
if the kid doesn't know that most of what the, these threats are just threats. And in some cases, like you said, Adam, maybe, maybe not, your, your captor was, was, you know, bold enough to, to track after your parents and think that the, he could get them on his side, which is, that's, that's scary. So, it, but often what they're threatening, they're not going to do. And if they do do it, so what? Like the grandma said, or, you know, open up a thing and, 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 and your grandson's been, grand, or grandson or granddaughter has been scammed and, and you're getting this, you're going to hope that it's a teachable moment and you're going to let them know that you still love them and that everyone makes mistakes and don't worry about it. Let it go. Because if you don't have this conversation, the end result can be far, far worse. Is there anything else that you wanted to share, Adam, about? And I know and then we'll talk about the show too, but about this topic. Um, well, uh, actually, I think that like one of the biggest signs to look for is like if someone's uncomfortable uh, talking around a certain person, uh, it could be a sign that they are being abused by that person in some way or another. Uh, for me, uh, when I was yeah. held, ca- when I was held captive by that guy, um, I couldn't say anything to anyone about anything, uh, and it was visibly like I was uncomfortable talking about anything in front of anyone else. Because uh, I thought, you know, like his threats were real to me. And so uh, if anyone out there is going through something that seems uncomfortable and you feel like you can't talk about it, you know, the most important thing is to reach out and to talk about it with someone. Yes, and that can be a parent, a family member, uh, a school counselor, uh, someone, you know, a trustworthy person in your spiritual environment. Um, right. There are, you know, we're, we're in the, the other part of being in 2023 is we've got all the, uh, you know, you can, and we thought about providing some some uh, links, but the thing is every city, every county, you have you have your own, and you can basically, you know, say victim of sexual abuse you can go go to you know if, if you you know if you're out there and you feel like this might be happening or things happening reach out to the jonas project and how yes, do they reach absolutely. out to the jonas project how do they do that uh, they have a website um and a phone number and so but, they can look up Jonas Project. What is what is the website for? Is it okay to tell people if you're feeling this is happening, reach out to the Jonas Project website? Um, yes, I I would definitely recommend that. If if something like that is happening, I would reach out to the Jonas Project. Um, they are a great program, and they help a lot of people. And you can reach out in your community, reach out to a trusted individual. And a lot of times, again, it's that feeling of, but if they, if people knew how they'd feel about you, but to, but to, if you're listening to this and you are someone that has gone through or are going through some things, then realize that 
when you reach out to the people that love you, that care about you, that want you to truly be all of who you are, they're not going to think less of you. They're going to want to help heal your hurt. They're going to help get you into safety. Uh, right. They're going to want to help you heal. So don't feel like you're less than. You you have gone through something that was traumatic and horrific and challenged your experience in life. That's that's the reality. The good news is that you can go through healing and you can become more whole. And you yourself can be someone that reaches out either in a peer way or in a professional or practitioner way to help those who may have suffered the same things you have. And before we close off tonight, I want to do, I want to thank you so much, Adam. I know that this is with any of us. And and that was, I had friends and and my partner shared with me after I did a show a couple of weeks ago with the child within, they're like, it's always hard to share because there's a certain part of reliving. There's a certain part of re-experiencing even when you've grown, even when you've healed. So I thank you for being both brave and, and being so forthright and sharing very deep things that happened to you in the hopes that it will help heal other people, deep hurts that happened to you in the hopes that it will help heal other people. And yes, what you absolutely. do have coming up, and for you, part of your healing was painting. You, yes. you use the painting to get out your feelings, to get out your emotions, to get out, well, you tell me. You use your paintings to, to express what? Um, well, uh, I actually started painting and drawing while I was in human trafficking so it was a healing journey for me to cope with what was happening around me so um i i started painting uh way long time ago like when all that was happening and through that my paintings have progressed and my life has progressed and it's just been a really healing experience for me to use art as a therapy for uh my anger at the situations my you know like feeling trapped uh it gave me an outlet to express uh, what I was feeling. And that's for, and your painting has continued to you to be a therapy, a way of, way, yes. a way of healing and a way of expressing uh, some of those traumas and some of those hurts. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> So what you're doing is you're here in town, and then you have, you have to live in, in this neck of the world, but uh, here in the Inland Northwest. But here in town on April 7th, you're going to have some of your art being shown at the Shadow Park uh, Library, which if you live in this area, everyone knows where that is. And it's going to be right. from 2.30 <laughs> to 5. You're going to be there. Jonas Project people are going to be there. If you sell paintings, you're giving a percentage of what you get to Jonas Project. This is a yes. way they can come meet you and see your art. And if you are living around the world and you're like, you know, one of, you know our, our second most, and we'll talk about that more later in the week too on, on our Friday show, but, uh, you know, New Zealand has become our second. They listen to all the countries. You know, if you're in New Zealand, if you're in Canada, if you're in Vietnam, Australia, or, or, or the U.K., and you're listening to the show, on the shows, in the show's description tonight, you uh, you there is a – link to Adam's Instagram and his Facebook page where you can 
see some of that artwork. And so, you know, help a good cause that's helping people help, help Adam in his healing journey and help him and helping all those out there who are coming out of this or in this type of human trafficking and abuse that, that Jonas project is amazing and the work they do. And so help, help Adam, help the Jonas project. If you don't live here, I know he shows some of his paintings there and you can reach out to him and he can show some and make, you know, allow you part of your awareness to be also bringing some goodness to, to those who need it the most and to helping those on the journey. And I, and I've seen Adam's work. It's beautiful. And so it's a win, win, win. You get a beautiful inspired, emotional piece of artwork for your surrounding or maybe your meditation room or maybe your work where you do your creativity and emotional and you support Adam and you support uh, the Jonas project, which is, which is reaching out and helping many atoms around the world. And that yes. is awesome. Um, we'd also like to let you know we are listener supported. So if, you, if you're touched, if you like the messages we're bringing out, if what we're doing is helping and bringing goodness into your world, many of our shows have guided experiences and meditations. Tonight we're going to end with a kind of a prayer together. Um, but if we need you, friends. If you, if you want to be helpful and you want to help get good awareness and relaxation from mind and body and letting go of fear of judgment and celebrating and supporting everybody being all of who they are so that they can have a beautiful life and they can share their talents and their inspirations and their joys with their community and the rest of us in the world, you can be part of that. And you, all you need to do is send an email. It's right there in the show's description to relax, let go, be at Gmail and say, hey, Charles, I can make a one-time donation. Or I can make a monthly donation and support the show and support the mission. Either way, you get an invoice that you pay at your convenience. For those that have and do become monthly supporters, the way we have it set up now is you just get that email. You pay it. Nothing automatically comes out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You help us keep it on the air and bring lots of good shows to life. And we thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And thank you to all the listeners out there for taking time to make us part of your meditation, part of your awareness, part of your spiritual experience, part of your life experience. And as we continue to grow throughout the next coming weeks and months, there are going to be ways that we can all come together in some beautiful ways for support and love and awareness. And I'm excited about it. Um, And so thank you again, Adam. Adam will be back. And we think we'll, we'll finalize this. And when we do, but we think in two weeks, be back and we'll talk a little bit more in depth about your experience. We're going to also have on some people from the Jonas Project. So that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. This Friday, we have a very special Friday night spiritual night coming up. And as I pointed out at the beginning of the show, we're going to have more. Many of our new shows are also going to be uploaded where they will be available at 7 o'clock. And when you, when you come to the main show page on your favorite podcast uh, server system, uh, you can, you'll just see that our newest show, when the 7 o'clock hits, it'll be the first one in the on-demand episodes. And we will also be having some special live ones as well. It's going to be a good mix. And on some of our nights off, I'm going to be uploading more of our, our great archive episodes and special guests that we've had and special experiences. So keep coming back and visiting, and at times you're going to go, whoa, there's three or four new ones up here. And some of those, and they will be marked as such, will be previously broadcast that we're bringing back into our collection. And Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, we are going to have a lot of new shows coming and a lot of new ways to be together. 
And as always, my friends, the beautiful Elizabeth DeFreyas, her beautiful music that plays us in, plays us out. I use it in many of the meditations, and I've used it for years. She has her beautiful music at heartsoundsbyelizabeth.com, and you can listen to and relax to her music anytime that you'd like to, every time that you want to. And she's also on many of the music platforms, streaming platforms out there, so you can just copy and paste her name from the show's description and check it out and have her beautiful meditation music anytime that you desire. So that is awesome. Well, Adam, who's done a great job engineering tonight and running everything, do you want to uh, play us out, hit the music, and we'll let the music play us out tonight? Well, what we'll do is this. Wait just a moment, Adam, because I, I okay. nearly <laughs> forgot the important part. Um, go ahead. And I just want to let everyone know we're going to let the music play us out, but as the music plays us out, I'd like to, all of you listening, listening live right now, and those that listen later, you'll be joining us with your intention, with your energy, with your spiritual vibe. And let's, let's have a little prayer meditation for both protection and communication for our kids and our families. Let the music hit the button. Hit the button, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Most wonderful friends, thank you for listening tonight, and please share this. Share this with the friends and family members and teens and young adults in your life. And join me in a moment of prayer and meditation, most awesome source. We ask that you come around us today, that you surround us, that you give us love and joy and peace in our lives. We ask in this moment that you come to us and you bring relaxation and love and peace into every part of our lives. We ask that the source and our own spiritual entourage, everything around us joins us in putting a loving, beautiful, protective light around our kids, around our teens, around our young adults, around all the beautiful members of our friends and family and community. And we ask for the inspiration from our soul, from our consciousness, to bring in awareness in the ways that we can communicate. That we can communicate some information and some love and some connection to our children, to our kids, to the people that are important in our families. bring blessings and peace and connection to those that we love the most. Amen. Good night, my friends. Have a most awesome and beautiful rest of your week. And we will be with you on Friday at 7. Good night.